Welcome to Brood Podcast. I'm Bryce. And I'm Adonis. And this is a podcast where a few best friends come together and talk about topics of life and just have some fun doing it. Uh, You'll notice a familiar voice missing. That would be Jen. Yeah. Uh, We are all, uh, or a couple of us are adapting to new work schedules as uh, COVID restrictions are lifting and jobs are letting us back in. Uh, so we are getting used to work schedules, and that is what she's doing right now. And Adonis, you yourself have also started kind of going back full-time now, right? Yeah, I think I mentioned it last week, but uh, yeah, I started. I'm officially uh, back at work full-time, 40 hours a week, um, working Monday through Friday, Friday as of right now. Uh, so yeah, that's definitely not what my schedule normally looks like, since I think I've mentioned that I work at a movie theater, so I'm usually super busy over the weekend friday saturday and sunday are our busiest days of the week so um once we actually reopen to the public my uh normal nine to five will definitely adjust back to what it was um so yeah it's just been getting back in the building we're just cleaning through everything i don't know if any of you guys out there are huge movie theater people but we have been doing nothing but uh, hardcore deep cleaning. Uh, we have these things called standard operating procedures, and they're basically uh, just breakdowns of how we have to uh, operate the building. And we have uh, at least a million new standard operating procedures that have to do strictly with just cleaning. So if and when you guys start to go back to the movies, take comfort in the fact that it will be very, very clean and sanitary if <laughs> we are taking every <laughs> precaution known to man to make sure these theaters and uh, the common areas are COVID-free. Extra super clean. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous, but I get it. You know, last thing you want is somebody catching uh, a virus that's been killing people at your place of work. So, Yep. That's cool. But yeah, so that's what uh, this uh, these hosts are going through right now. We're just kind of getting used to that. But we did, today will not be a full episode, but we did want to put something out there. So Adonis and I decided to go ahead and record still. We're going to have our coffee talk and discuss uh, some feedback we've been getting and a little bit extra. So yeah, for at least the, we're going to keep going through. Because Bryce, you're still uh, technically not back at work, right? Yeah, I'm not uh, back, so I'm the most flexible so right now. Should, Bryce should be the constant. There might be a couple of episodes where I'm not here. Obviously, Jen's not here today, but Bryce should be our constant, <laughs> at least for the next few weeks. We'll get us through, and then once I start back work, we'll see who the constant is after <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> I think we'll, we'll all make it work, though. Yeah, We're hopefully this doing is... doing this, yeah. and uh, we want to keep this up. This was not just a, a summer quarantine no. thing that we were starting up. Yeah. We definitely wanted to make this a long-term thing. All right. So, yeah, this, uh, this two-host thing should um, definitely be the exception, not the norm. We're definitely going to try to have a full cast for you guys Almost all the time, but inevitably Absolutely. there might be a few weeks where that, that doesn't get to happen, but hopefully not too often. Talking about coffee, though, uh, I did make, I, had, I found a bag of beans in my freezer that I had forgot I put there, and so I ground some of those up today, and I wish I, apparently it came in a sleeve or a box, and I must have thrown it away because... The bag is just a design. There's no logo or words or print on it or anything. 
Okay. So, unfortunately, I won't be able to say what it is or recommend it <laughs> by name. I will try to look it up, and uh, by the time we post this, which recording on July 4th, actually, and by the time we post this on Tuesday the 7th, I believe that's... should have looked that up first. Somewhere uh, around but, there. <laughs> yeah, once we post this up, hopefully I'll have that information and can uh, at least put it in the post. But it is from Denmark, and it's an organic fair trade coffee, and it is so smooth. Like, it is very just, it's a, it's almost like if you were to make, like, tea, but it tastes like coffee, like a dark roast coffee. Okay. So it's just very smooth, it's light, and it's kind of, it's it, it's sort of herbal in a, in a tea way, where it's relaxing. Hmm. Like, sometimes you get those herbal coffees, but it's, it's more, um, uh, it's more earthy and not uh, like the lightness of a plant in your tea. Okay. I'm not sure how else to explain it, but it's it's very smooth and the texture mm. is like silky. It's so nice. That's interesting. Yeah, that's definitely, you know what you should do? You should try to like, since you don't have the bag in front of you, you should try to see if you can pull out any flavor notes and then see if it actually, you know, is supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. Um, what that is, yeah, because we still, I mean, I don't think any of us have been able to identify flavor notes just by taste yet, um, but um, who knows? Maybe your palate is, is, is trained up enough. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. That'll be interesting. I'll, I'll see about that. I mean, right yeah. now, so I'll go ahead and say it tastes <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, I don't know if anyone's ever had the teas or your waters where they actually where they put um or hot, just hot water by itself and they just put like maybe like flower petals like rose petals mm. or something like on top just to soak in some light flavor that's kind of what this is like but it's not because it's watered down and it's missing flavor like it's like a robust it's a full-bodied coffee it just okay. has that light flavor like there's some sort of like flower petals in there hmm. yeah, that's interesting. yeah it's interesting i really love it a lot for sure. Um, I recently uh, came up on an espresso maker that I bought off Amazon. I was just browsing through espresso makers one day. Definitely was just planning to, to window shop. And I came across this uh, espresso maker. It's called uh, the, um, I have it pulled up here, the Sautec Espresso Machine 3.5 Bar 4 Cup Espresso maker um so i came across that on amazon and it was 65 dollars, 64.99 and it had a four and a half star rating on 4.5 thousand reviews and if you guys are uh, frequent amazon shoppers like myself you know that that is uh definitely not something that you see every day usually the higher the review count you know, the more like if it's a good product, you're looking at maybe a three and a half to four star review, because inevitably, if that many people are reviewing something, they're going to be some one star reviews or some two star reviews. So it usually balances out to be at around a three and a half or a four star. I've never seen a four and a half star rating with four and a half thousand reviews. It's pretty crazy. Um, so I was like, oh, that's crazy. Not only is it, you know, an anomaly as far as the reviews go. But it's only 65 bucks. 
um, regular uh, or other espresso makers, you know, the the higher end ones can run, you know, upwards of a thousand dollars. So um, I was like, okay, sixty five bucks. It's got all these great reviews. Can't be terrible. So I'll try it out. And if I don't like it, hey, it's just sixty five bucks. Um, so I tried it, and it actually does work pretty well. It's a, uh, it's definitely like a budget espresso maker so you know it doesn't have a lot of bells and whistles but it's super easy to use i've been playing with it a lot um and it yeah makes pretty good espresso haven't had any issues with it i've used it quite a few times um it's got a really i'm surprised by how uh effective it has a steam wand for you to steam your milk and it works really well yeah so I've been using it quite regularly, um, and then I just looked it up on Amazon, and the price has actually dropped by five bucks. So now it's only sixty dollars on Amazon. So if any of you guys out there are looking for an espresso maker on the cheap, uh, check out the Sautech espresso machine. Um, I don't have a grinder though. Uh, well, I have a grinder, but it's a blade grinder, so I can't get like. Uh, even grind on my coffee beans so i had to purchase some already ground espresso beans so i went with the lavazza uh cafe espresso um and it's a it's an italian roast um it's pretty good definitely has a, a nuttier flavor to it which i like um and i've been drinking that i've made me a couple of lattes i'm drinking an americano this morning so it's been fun to play around with all of my favorite sort of uh, Starbucks drinks that I haven't had in a while. Uh, it's been fun to be able to make those at home. So, yeah, yeah it's pretty cool. Yeah, we've been uh, talking about those grinders recently. Um, we just found out that there are, well, of course, there are going to be different types of grinders, but we realized sure. that how different there are. Yeah that they are and uh so far as there is burr grinders versus blade grinders Mm -hmm. and it's not even a war it's more like (laughs) blade grinders are kind of what people who um either aren't huge like uh huge coffee like connoisseurs or aren't trying to find like their perfect roast or anything they just need their cup of coffee in the morning uh wake up make it and move on um which is totally fine i mean that's how adonis jen and i have been doing because we didn't know any better and but as we dive more into these we learn that burr grinders are the way to go so apparently what blade grinders do is they are just a straight up machine and so and they speed they have really high rpms and so one they don't grind an even grind. So mm-hmm. if you're trying to do that really fine grind for an espresso, like you're going to come out with some chunks in there. Sure. You might not even see them, but most of the time you will if you sift through it. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, or if you're just trying to do a grind for a French press, um, you know, some of it's going to come out fine and some of it will be that medium course that you want. Um, but that's what happens. It's a very uneven grind. And also since it's a very high RPM, it, apparently it it heats it up yeah uh, because it's spinning so fast and so it it starts releasing notes before you want it to and it kind of cooks it it almost roasts the bean further yeah than it already was so it changes what it was originally Um, those are the two biggest things i found out 
about the differences. I know there's more than that, but those are the two biggest things that stood out. And then burr grinders, um, the way they work is they kind of, they funnel the bean, uh, into, uh, well, I mean, it's a funnel. So they just, they funnel the bean through. And when it gets to the point of dropping, that's where it grinds it. And so it grinds it almost like one, two, or just like a few beans at a time. So it stays mm-hmm. even and it's not going at high RPMs. Like there's, I didn't research the machine ones too much, but there's a lot of like highly regarded manual ones and it just, you just kind of crank it. I guess all it is, is just a crank machine Yeah. and you just crank it and it manually grinds as you go, giving you that nice, even stuff. And since it's not high, you know, high speeds it's not roasting it anymore so people highly regard those burr grinders yeah definitely and you know we're we're all coffee novices here on this podcast so um like i've had a blade grinder i've had mine since i started to to grind my own beans at home and haven't really had too many issues with it but i've never gotten super experimental or you know like bryce just said all i really need to do is have drinkable coffee you know i don't need it to be exactly the right grind i just like i said i just got this espresso maker um so i mean obviously i need the right grind for that but in the past yeah i haven't really needed a super sophisticated grinder and these burr grinders are expensive (laughs) yes for like good ones and like apparently burr grinders are not when you start diving into coffee and want to pull out those notes and want it the right way Burr grinders are not something. One, I don't even think they make budget burr grinders. I mean, I'm sure they do, but mm-hmm. there's not a lot of them because the coffee world already has basically said, no, we don't want that budget stuff. Like, yeah. if you're getting burr grinders, you already know what you're getting or what you want out of it. Yeah. And so there's not a whole lot of budget, so to speak, uh, as far as those go. So there's like manual ones and machine ones. And machine ones aren't frowned upon because, I mean, they're built by coffee lovers, so sure. they don't have that high RPM. Um, they are generally similarly priced, probably a little bit more most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest thing with the machine ones is they don't last as long as a manual one because when they build those manual ones, like a lot of those are built to like with quality parts. They're built to last, and there's no real... Um, like electric components. So they're not going to break down over time, like just as any electric components going to do sure. just because that's what they do over time. They depreciate. Um, but like manual grinders, the ones that were getting recommended, like the top ones were anywhere from I think like 60 to a hundred bucks. Yeah. One might've even been upwards of 120. Um, I think one of the highly, um, recommended ones was 80 or 90 bucks but then i saw the reviews of them not just on amazon but on reddit and other places and it la- i mean it's lasted them for years yeah. and it's still going strong um and for me that one that was recommended i wish i had the name up right now uh, but it, it it travels really really well like it's really compact and so that for me i've been looking at that one uh, but it's like 80 bucks so think that's yeah. might have to wait for a while it is crazy too because like you if if you browse amazon specifically uh like it's really hard to find an expensive blade grinder and it's really hard to find a cheap burr grinder so i mm-hmm. almost feel like the the budget version of a burr grinder is a blade grinder <laughs> like if you yeah if you want a cheap grinder you're gonna have to go 
the blade route but if you want something more high end you're gonna have to go the the burr route so yeah um i did uh when i was getting my um espresso machine i was looking up because uh, i didn't want to ha- buy a, a grinder um another grinder so i was like oh is there any way i can sort of get the most out of my blade grinder and i did find a couple of uh tips and tricks on how to get a, a better uh grind from a blade grinder one of them being that if you do short bursts instead of just long presses on your on your grind it won't cook it won't start to cook the the beans so if you just do short bursts uh it'll you know it won't overheat or get to that super high rpm that's cool. I've been naturally doing that anyway, so that works yeah, out me, for me. Me too. <laughs> cool. And also, apparently, if you uh, shake it up and down as you're grinding it, so like as if you, if anybody knows like a margarita shaker, or you just shake your your alcoholic beverages, if you use that uh, that same motion while you're grinding uh, your beans, it, it sort of. Uh, shuffles them around a little bit more inside the grinder so it gives you a little more of an even grind on on the coffee bean if you shake it up and down while you're grinding it so um yeah if any if any of you out there who have a blade grinder we're looking for a couple of tricks on how to get more even uh less overheated beans those are a couple of ways to do it so uh yeah that's what i'm going to try out once i'm done with this uh pre-purchased espresso ground coffee yeah that's pretty sweet yeah and that's hopefully we uh we each get a brew grinder at some point in time but right now definitely on the pricey side yeah. of things especially yeah. if we each are going to need one <laughs> for um, sure but if anyone has any recommendations or brew grinders that they use uh let us know if y'all yeah. want to donate to our cause to getting brew grinders <laughs> so we can give you more accurate reviews of coffee that would be dope too. Just reach out to us at broodcombos at gmail.com. We'll make something happen. <laughs> <laughs> we accept love in all forms. Absolutely. <laughs> um, speaking of reaching out to us, though, we did get uh, a couple emails that we wanted to address. We definitely wanted to make sure we uh, touched on those for this episode. Mm-hmm. Make sure they don't go by the wayside at all. And we did get one from our good friend Andrew. Now we'll go ahead and read it out for everyone. Uh, it says, yo, what's up, guys? Longtime fan, first time emailer here. Just wanted to shoot some recommended topics of conversation to you guys, such as social media and its influence on everyday life, physical versus digital media, or another music movie type discussion. Uh, I'd love to be a guest on the show if you guys are open to that idea. Keep up the good work. Much love. Oh, yeah, so it's from our buddy Andrew. Thanks, um, Andrew. Yeah, thank you for writing in. Uh, yeah, those topics would be absolutely cool. I mean, we love talking about music and movies, and we've—I'm pretty sure Adonis and I have talked about physical versus digital media many times. Yeah. Uh, so to record an episode on that would be natural and be really fun. Actually. For sure. Yeah. Um, yeah we talk about social topics. media a lot too. Yeah. <laughs> so and we've actually flirted around with the idea of doing a social media episode. It just hasn't come about yet um but yeah these are definitely some great topics some more uh he says music movies etc so yeah i would definitely love to start to get into i know we've we've done our one music episode but you know that's something that we could do uh several times over yeah Um, movies books you know any other kind of art medium that we uh enjoy Mm -hmm. 
that would be really cool to have full episodes on. So yeah, we've we're we're not planning on going anywhere anytime soon. So I'm sure we will hit all of these topics <laughs> in the absolutely in the episodes to come. And as far as having guests go, we love having conversations with everybody. So For that sure. is something we're definitely talking about and figuring out how we would make something like that happen. Um, again, like we tend to, I tend to travel quite a bit. And once quarantine is done, once, uh, once that's, well, once I go back to work, like I'll be traveling a whole lot. Um, so we're just kind of figuring out how that would fit into the equation but yeah. there's definitely a place for that and we want to make that happen eventually. So, yeah. and you know, with the pandemic going around, we probably want to hold off Stay. on that for a while. I mean, maybe we might be able to set something up. We've been court, we've been recording remotely, so we might be able been to working. set something up. Yeah. Uh, sooner rather than later, but you know, we'll look into it for sure. Yep. Thank you again, Andrew. Uh, and then we have your friend Bree writing in and uh, she talks about, uh, she says, you guys talk about Bryce traveling a lot. Well, that's funny. You know, I did just mention it again. <laughs> <laughs> what has been his favorite place to travel to or the top three? Uh, well, my favorite place has probably been, um, I will always talk up Denmark. So I'm pretty much going to say Denmark. And I think uh, if I want to narrow it down to a city, I spent... Um, Quite, I spent a few days in Copenhagen. I spent more time outside of there, but I really loved Copenhagen more than I thought I would. Wow. Uh, there's just something really exciting about it. It's I've never been a big city person. I've never just, I just haven't been. Uh, mm -hmm. I've been to big cities and it's just not my scene. I love to visit for a day or two, uh, but it's just overwhelming for me. There's just too much. I love um, the one or the weekend going up, visiting friends. Like when I lived in Washington, go to Seattle for the weekend. Sure. We'd walk around, go check some things out and hang out. And that's fun. There's always an adventure to have. And mm -hmm. it's so cool. Yeah. Um, but just the vibe of it is too much for me to like, actually want to live there. But Copenhagen does this interesting thing where, and it, I don't know if it was just because I was there in the winter and so a lot of people weren't really walking outside a whole lot because uh, I did go over there over the holidays, these last holidays. Um, and, I mean, it gets pretty cold, <laughs> but it's uh, – so everyone likes to gather around inside in the pubs, in the bars, um, in, the, in the shops and just kind of – and just gather around and hang out inside. Uh, but it – it's just crazy because it's as big as a city and it's sprawling, but it – they take care of the historic side of the city. So it's a lot of like cobblestone, but it's not these hundreds of year old cobblestone. Like it's maintained cobblestone. So you get like that historic feel, but modern upkeep and the buildings all have like that, um, historic feel to them. Um, but with modern upkeep and it's just a really cool, um, let's see what word I'm looking for here. Uh, it's just a really cool, quiet energy, hmm. too, because just walk around and you have this really powerful um, kind of oldness to it. And then, but you know there's people inside. Like, you can feel all the energy from the people inside the buildings. So it's this really cool blend of modern and history. And 
I really love okay. that. I'd never felt overwhelmed. Even when I went inside where everyone was crowded around, it just felt like a bunch of friends. Like everybody was crowded with each other. Like everyone was just hanging out with each other and it was really friendly and amazing. It just, it felt like a cultural hot spot. And it is, I learned later, I met some people and they're telling me how they've met people from just everywhere. Like a lot of people love to move to Copenhagen and don't leave. They just stay. Wow. So, yeah. So that's probably easily one of my favorite cities. One of the place, favorite places I've been to Denmark, just in general, I love. Um, Okay. So yeah, I really love that stuff. Um, what about some? Uh, who are the uh, runner-ups? I guess if we we're rounding out a top three for you, uh, I really loved um, Japan. Uh, okay. Japan was really cool. I went there when I was younger, uh, when I was in my teens. So I don't, I didn't have like a full appreciation for for my visit there. I was there for a week, but I do remember the places I went to. I remember. We were able to hang out in the city for a couple of days. Uh, we were able to hang out in their rural life, um, and it was all just so beautiful. It was humid. We went in uh, August of whatever year we went in, and it was humid. But at that time, um, I don't know. I just think it didn't bug me as much. Yeah. I think it was just too cool being somewhere new. And like sure. yeah. there was so much food. So the story <laughs> behind Japan was... We went with, uh, I went with some family friends and they were, had actually been my babysitters growing up and they would have, um, they would host, uh, exchange students. And so they had had some from Japan okay. and those exchange students and their families invited them over to come visit so they could host them and have, you know, have them visit and explore. And, um, and so they knew I loved Japan and they kind of jokingly invited me. I was, I think I was 15 at the time and. I learned later that it was kind of like a half joke invite because they're like, there's no way this 15 year old kid can get money to go to Japan. <laughs> yeah. But I was fortunate and my grandparents were huge travelers and they're the very avid travelers. And uh, it's kind of where I get some of that drive from. And so they supported a hundred percent and they're like, no, no, this kid's going. <laughs> uh, and I found some, like I found work with some friends that helped me save up some money on my own too, throughout the summer to be able to go as well. So I was able to go. And when you visit, they, oh man, they took care of me so well. Nice. The f- amount of food <laughs> that happened and I can eat forever. I couldn't eat all the food that was just being handed to me all of the time. Whenever there was a dinner, every single night, there's at least like three six foot tables, and um, it would sit on cushions on the ground with the low tables. Sure. And it would all it was just full. Like there was no there wasn't even a spot for like our own personal plates. Like it was basically Jeez. just <laughs> full of food, and that was like that every single day. And I was probably the happiest, hungriest kid in the world. <laughs> um. Yeah, and everyone was so nice there. Just you could walk down a city street, you could walk down um, in through rural neighborhoods, and everyone was just so, just kind and just welcoming. And it was really, it was just really beautiful. And then the scenery was beautiful. Sure, um, it was just it was so much fun. Nice. Um, I did take the bullet train, but. I was jet lagged so bad I fell asleep and didn't like actually get to experience it. <laughs> but so that was pretty funny. Uh, yeah. But I do like to say I took the bullet train, even though I don't remember anything about it. Yeah. <laughs> you did it. You know, no one can take that away from you. 
third favorite spot. Um, you know, I want to just automatically say Iceland, but I'm going to go with Washington State. Okay. Because uh, I actually, I lived in Washington State for a couple of years, and I love the climate there. The climate, the... I run really warm, mm-hmm. and so anything over 65 degrees, and I'm melting, <laughs> uh, which is crazy to pretty much anyone I ever talk to, but that's just how I work. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and the temperature was always just perfect there. I mean, it was oh, in the winters, I think it hovers around 45 average for the winter. It does get colder, definitely, but that's the average. And then uh, in the summer, the hottest it gets is 90 degrees. And it's 90 degrees for maybe two to three weeks tops. Mm. And there's a lot of humidity with it. And there's no central air air conditioning or anything. So you just kind of suffer. But you suffer for three weeks. And then mm. you go back to like 70, 75 degree weather. And, it's, and there's always water to escape to. Yeah. The water's yeah. like 15, 20 minute drive if you're living in. Uh, Western Washington, like Tacoma, Seattle, no, sure. Puyallup area. And so that's so you can escape it the whole time. And then, um, and then just the greenery. Just as soon as I drove into Washington, as soon as I got into the city I was going to live in, I just the streets are just lined, just giant old trees. Mm-hmm. Like these trees are just massive. It's not like here in Arizona where, yeah, you do definitely, you know, there's a lot of planted landscape. And there's, you know, quote unquote, big trees that cover lawns and stuff. But those sure. are just like babies. I mean, those are yeah. just, those are like certain neighborhoods have those here. And then they're few and, and far they, between. And they look out of place. <laughs> like yeah, they, look they like don't it, belong. It, it, looks like it, doesn't, it doesn't fit with the, the landscape. Yeah, but in Washington, that's just the normal. That's just the norm. And there's, there's, the streets are just lined with it. And it looks like the houses are built around all of this. I mean, obviously, there's some deforestation to make it happen. But it looks yeah. natural. Like, everything looks like it's just so beautiful. Mm. And I also love um, cloudy weather. And mm. it is pretty much cloudy there almost all the time, but not nearly as much as everyone says. <laughs> so okay. you definitely get plenty of sun. And the cloudy weather is mostly those light gray skies. It's not this overwhelming, dark, stormy look all of the time. Yeah. So, And I think that's an impression a lot of people get about it. But it's mostly kind of like light gray, which is what I love. Nice. Um, and I, I just loved living there. And I'm excited to eventually at least visit again. I do want to move back there, but yeah, it's strange. Cause like even, you know, for as long as I can remember, you know, as far as thinking about a place where I wanted to quote unquote, end up, um, the Pacific, the Pacific Northwest has always sort of called out to me, uh, Washington, maybe somewhere in Oregon, but I've always, that that's always had some kind of appeal for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't really know why. I just, I just, ever since I moved here and started thinking about like a future that I wanted for myself, I've always sort of seen myself being somewhere up there, you know, like that's where I would establish myself. So, um, and I've never been, like I've been, I've been, I went to Washington once for about a, a three day stint and I was working the whole time. So I didn't get to explore anything, <laughs> but that's the only time I've ever been to the Pacific Northwest. And 
so I don't know what the draw has been really, but it's always been there. Um, we went to San Francisco a few years ago and, uh, I loved it there. So I, if I could afford to live in San Francisco, that would probably be my, my top choice, but that place is ridiculously expensive. Um, but the, yeah, when we went, the weather was just beautiful and we talked to a lot of the locals and they said it was, it was pretty much 70 degree weather all year round, which sounds like heaven to me. Um, mm. yeah. And I just love, I am a big city person. I know Bryce, you just said you weren't, but I love cities, big cities. I just feel like I, I love to be where things are happening. So um, that's the appeal of San Francisco to me, but I would definitely not be opposed to a, a Seattle or a Portland or something like that. But yeah, that's always yeah, that's sort beautiful of been a part there. of my, my dream. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that draw though. That doesn't that you're not sure where it comes from because yeah, I um, when I was finally as things about five years ago, I was getting the opportunity to to move and I had a few spots that I was like drawn to and now one of those spots I'm not really drawn to at all although I do want to visit it but those three spots were the northwest uh and then Colorado and Maine mm. and uh Colorado's not really one I have a draw for anymore it is some place <laughs> I do want to visit I do want to go there but I just doesn't everyone says it's like my like they can see me like living there and I think I would love to camp there and hike and explore some stuff, but I think yeah. I don't know if about living there. That's funny because you hit like literally every region of the country. Yeah, like a, yeah, a I know, right? And you have <laughs> the middle of the country with Colorado, and you have yeah. the far east. So yeah, yeah, no, that's funny. But uh, <laughs> but for some reason, Maine and Washington have always been like really strong draws, and I've never been to the Northeast. I just recently, the closest I've been, uh, recently, just in the last year, was like uh pennsylvania and jersey and stuff okay. but I, have, I didn't like actually explore the actual northeast area gotcha and so uh, i'm not sure what the draw is uh i don't know if it's just from watching like maybe a doc not like a full documentary but seeing like pictures just of just man and like and stuff, yeah. you know i don't know there's something about it that seems like i need to check it out uh, but I definitely want to get over there to explore quite a bit. But yeah, so I, I feel like I could land in either spectrum, east or the northeast or northwest, which is such crazy like polar opposites. Because even though they're in the corners, like that's they're still completely different. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. But yeah, those are my top three spots. I really love those: of Denmark and Japan and and Washington. I'm excited to keep traveling and update that stuff nice um, nice yeah thanks again Bree, for sending that in uh that was fun to talk about i i talk about like traveling quite a bit but i never really go into like full details a lot of the time so it's, yeah. it's always fun that was fun and that's one of the things that we sort of missed out on uh during our our, our profile episode uh last time so glad yeah. that we got we got to sneak that in here so that's cool yeah, still a few things too. You know, still got to talk about that ambulance. I got to talk yeah. about all that. We'll save that for part two. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, but thanks again, guys. Like Bryce said, we appreciate uh, the feedback. And if you know you guys want to write in, you definitely should. 
broodconvos at gmail.com. We are always looking forward to hearing what you have to say, so please don't be shy. Write in. Let us know anything and everything. Just tell Absolutely. us how your day is going. Of fun. You know? Exactly. To email and say hi. We we will appreciate that too. <laughs> or if you're yeah. you know, if you have a headache, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we have remedies. Yeah, you know. <laughs> or we can at least sympathize and be with you and Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um uh, so, so much fun. Uh like you mentioned at the top of the episode, we are recording on uh Saturday, July fourth. Uh mm-hmm. which is crazy because you know, how often I mean I'm you could figure it out but how often does a july 4th happen on a saturday where everybody's like, yeah. off of work and you know you can just hang out at home go see fireworks have fun with your family and not have to worry about working the next day or anything like that um but of course it happens the year where we're smack dab in the middle of a global pandemic so you can't really get the most out of that saturday holiday um but yeah i uh wanted to talk a little bit about just what what you know how we've celebrated in the past, how we're planning to celebrate today, if you know, if we are at all, um, just to to give it some recognition. So, has uh, has Independence Day been a big part of uh, your family's traditions, Bryce, at all? Or uh, when I was a kid, it was, um, and this will date and age me really hardcore. But back when there was like Mervins and I think Montgomerys or some crazy shopping places out here in Arizona. Okay. Um, no idea what those are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they, um, were there, they would have these large fields kind of next to them. Um, okay. I, I just, I just remember them being large fields or large grass lots or something, but sure. that'd be a place where people would gather together and watch the fireworks happen. So we would do that every year or we would, um, there's a couple other parks we would go to. We'd get together with some uh, family friends and just get some blankets and watch fireworks. Um, mm. As I got older, it kind of wasn't really a tradition anymore. Um, we would still get together with friends and watch fireworks, but for I just don't have a whole lot of memories of them as I was getting older, especially after I moved out, like, I think my most memorable one was when I was living in Washington. Uh, I did 4th of July at a buddy's house, and it was the craziest thing. It, so this was f- five years – no, not five years, three years ago, 2017. And we got at their – went out to the yard in the neighborhood, and you could see the sky for, like, 360. Like, you just turn mm. in circles see the whole sky – and it was nuts. Like the whole time there was fireworks around your whole vision. So you could just turn in a circle and just see fireworks like the whole night, which was really cool. Okay. Um, so that was, that was really awesome. Um, but as far as tradition goes, I think as I got older, the tradition just kind of went out. Cause I personally never really, uh, was into it. Okay. Um, the fireworks are cool and all, but it wasn't something I'd go out of my way to do. Usually I would choose to work or something. I don't know. Gotcha. Yeah, it's interesting because I grew up in the Midwest. I grew up in Michigan. Um, and uh, for us, fireworks and like firecrackers or whatever you want to call them, um, they only happened on the 4th of July on Independence Day. And I, when I moved here about eight years ago, I realized that people – 
pretty much use them for every holiday. Anytime there's yep. a holiday, there's some <laughs> kind of fireworks show. And I was like, oh, I'm used to j- this just being on Independence Day. So, uh, yeah, maybe maybe it just gets played out for you guys here faster because they happen all the time. And they were sort yeah. of a, a treat for us back home. Um, but, yeah, I remember I grew up in my uh, – I, I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast, but – uh, I grew up in my family house, so it was the house that my mom had grew up in and, you know, her mom had grew up in. So um, it was sort of like uh, like command central for the rest of my family. So all of my aunts and uncles and cousins would all congregate at our house uh, on, on big holidays like this. So I do have memories of, of uh, just large gatherings for any major holiday Um you know the the adults when I was a kid would would have their own time and I would get to hang out with my cousins that I I wouldn't get to see very often so I do have fond memories of of Independence Day because it was in the summer as well so we would often you know go swimming or things like that um, and uh, yeah buying fireworks or firecrackers from the from the store you know the sparklers and the snakes and the bottle rockets and things like that yeah have bottle rocket fights with my brothers was was a big thing um which is super dangerous but hey when you're a kid you're reckless you don't care (laughs) Uh, (laughs) probably could have shot somebody's eye out with one of those things um But, uh, yeah, so that was always fun, um, watching the fireworks. Uh, we never would like traveled anywhere. Like I said, we would all congregate at my house and just do like our own personal fireworks show. Um, but, uh, yeah, as we got older and as we moved away from that house, um, it's, it did start of, uh, sort of start to lose its appeal as I got into my teenage years and it was just sort of just another day, uh, and you know we stopped obviously when you're 15 16 years old you're not you know playing with sparklers or shooting Mm -hmm. bottle rockets at each other so it just became more of a you know if i was hanging out with some people maybe we would go see a fireworks show somewhere but it wasn't really a big deal um and then as i got older so as i got into my 20s um it started to become a big deal again because it was a reason to get shwasted you know hanging out with (laughs) friends drinking excess amounts of alcohol and just hanging out and celebrating america it was a good time um so yeah that's that's my up and down relationship with the fourth of july (laughs) loved it as a kid because i got to see my family sort of mellowed out in the middle when it was just another day and then when i was of legal drinking age it became uh another another excuse to to party and have fun yeah I think another reason it kind of died out for me as I got older is because most of the jobs I work just require you to work holidays, and mm-hmm. I just always worked. I just always chose to work, so I think, uh, and, you know, most people, uh, there's quite a few people out there who have, like, jobs where you, they give you those holidays off and stuff, yeah. but I tend to just work the ones where that's just not the case, and so, and it's usually, but they do get you, like, time and a half or something, and sure. so, you know, I'm yeah. always paying that rent, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I spend a couple hundred bucks on fireworks, and I could make a few hundred bucks extra. <laughs> yeah, I've also, like, how how do you feel about fireworks in general? Because I've never been, like, a big fan. Like, I've never been someone who's going to go out of my way to see a fireworks show. Yeah, that, I mean, that's kind of how I am, too. Like, they're cool and all but yeah like they're nothing i don't know i've never never really been super into them yeah um 
I think again, like my two like coolest experiences. One was in Washington. The one was in the holidays for New Year's. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was in Denmark with some friends. And same thing that like the 360 view, and they go like all out. Like I mean, these fireworks went forever. Like yeah. it was. And not only that, but they spend like seven days just nonstop fireworks. It's crazy. Like it's and probably thousands of dollars. Yeah. Those and like, so for cheap. me, like I just see like money going into the air and exploding. Yeah. I'm like, oh man, that's, oh, that firework is probably at least, you know, that's probably gas for roads. the month. Yeah. That firework was uh, my car insurance. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's ridiculously expensive. Well, those three bangs were rent. That's that's that. <laughs> uh, but I have had fun with the fireworks for sure. Overall, yeah, yeah. I'm not really into it. But I went to uh, when I was a teen um, during um, like fall break from school and stuff. I'd go with some cousins to Rocky Point in Mexico, mm. and we'd hang out at the beach there. And you could always barter for better deals on the fireworks they would sell on the beach and that they would sell the shops. So if you were really good at bartering, you could, I mean, you could get a few hundred dollars of fireworks for like 20 bucks. And that's not an exaggeration. I had a cousin who just wouldn't take whatever price they were giving them. He just, he would literally just start at a price and never move up. (laughs) And they would be like, all right, here. (laughs) And I don't know how we did it, but I'm definitely not uh, a barter. I'm yeah, not. Some a people are really good at haggling. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a skill but, that some people have. <laughs> so we would get all these crazy fireworks and get cherry bombs and mm. M1000s and stuff. And probably yeah. one of my favorite memories is we built this giant volcano, like sand volcano, and then we dug out like a hole in the middle and everything, and then dug out a hole on the side for like air escape. Yeah. Like and so. Or to roll the cherry bomb in. And so we dug a hole in the side that connected to the central volcano hole. And we lit a cherry bomb, rolled it in, and it exploded. And the volcano stayed intact. Like, we made this thing thick and packed. And it was it was great. And then just out of the top, you got that volcanic smoke ring. Yeah. And it was the coolest. That was probably one of my favorite memories of a firework. And it was just Jeez. the coolest. It was the coolest spectacle. Yeah, I remember having uh, M80s as a kid, and I was just like, who gave us these things? Like, these are, like, (laughs) low-grade explosives. Children should not have them. I won't go into detail (laughs) with some of the stuff that we did with those things, but, yeah, definitely you don't want to give those to children. (laughs) But we had them almost every year, and it was like, I'm lucky I still have all my fingers. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, by the time I was a teen and I got a hold of some stuff I'd never even heard of before, I I didn't know what I was doing with them and yeah. had almost done a couple <laughs> terrible things myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, luck was on our side, I guess. Yes. Um, <laughs> do you want to grab another refill and come back with some recommendations? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Right, finally back with that last cup of coffee. Get some brewer's choice going. Yeah. Uh, Donis, what do you have for us? Uh, so, yeah, what I'm going to recommend for you guys is probably something that doesn't need to be recommended because it's been all over everything. But since I am a proud uh, member of the Hamill fam, I am going to recommend uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda's Hamilton, uh, which is now officially streaming 
on Disney Plus, the film version of it. Uh, and I say and I say film version, but really all it is is a recording of one of the last shows that they did uh, with the original cast. Um, watched it last night. Uh, it debuted yesterday. Uh, I watched it last night, and uh, yeah, it was amazing. Um, I was fortunate enough to be able to actually see the see the show live, um, not with the original cast, uh, but I was able to see the show live. Um, and watching it again, um, you know, with the original cast was amazing. Getting to see all of uh, these performances that I've been listening to nonstop for the last three years or so was incredible. Um, brought back up a lot of memories, a lot of emotions, and it's one of, if not uh, my favorite musical to date. So uh, if you guys have not seen Hamilton, uh, first of all, you're probably uh, an alien or something because everyone has at least listened to it. Um, but if you are not up on Hamilton, check Guess it I'm out. I'm an alien. <laughs> <laughs> this is your opportunity to check it out and uh, watch it in its true and raw form. And uh, yeah. Hamilton That's cool. I actually did know it was a recording of uh, a live show from with the original cast. So yeah, that's I, literally all it is. There's makes no me want to watch to it. it. Yeah. yeah, I makes me want to watch it more because it was just going to be like a movie version. Like those can be cool, but it mm-hmm. wasn't like enticing to me. Gotcha. Um, but I've never listened to the full soundtrack either. I've only listened to like a few songs here and there, and yeah. I like them. Uh, I just never listen to the full soundtrack or and also another thing an interesting thing about it too having it in this format is that a lot of people were uh talking about how if you're not super into hip-hop that a lot of the lyrics and stuff might be hard to catch but now that it's on a streaming platform you can turn the captions on and you can read it as you watch it so that's an added bonus if you're not that is really cool to a lot of rap so yeah yeah, that'll be sweet. I'll definitely have to check that out. I know yeah, my friends sure. were talking about it too. So yeah, tack that on there. Um, I am going to recommend if you are trying to just blow things up, not uh, <laughs> just blow fireworks up, see some explosions, see some shiny things. Um, and oh you ever are make we it have out to, put to a the disclaimer on this person? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Uh, and you ever make it out to the southwest of the states, uh, definitely make the four-hour drive down to Rocky Point um, and have a bunch of fun on that beach. So there, There's all sorts of things you can do, uh, okay. but those fireworks and the bartering and the shops that you can check out, um, like just beyond the fireworks, there's so many There's so many shops with like beautiful artwork and, um, and just different cultural things you can look at while you're there. It is definitely a very... Um, I mean, a very Americanized beach, but mm-hmm. it, it, the culture is still there. I mean, it is still there. You can walk around and and explore it and have fun. And But the fireworks are fantastic. Again, you can barter, get a ton of bang for your buck. If you want your kids to experience, uh, like, there's a grand fireworks show that you light off yourself, um, and you want a good bang for your buck, just head down there, check it out. It's a great trip. Nice. I've never been to Mexico, but it's on my bucket list. Someday. I mean, we're like four hours from. Yeah, I know. So we'll have to to check that out sometime. And then eventually, hopefully, fly down into Mexico City and actually go into deeper states in Mexico. It'd be cool. There's some spots that would definitely 
be cool to check out. Yeah, I hear I hear Juarez is pretty nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just some Juarez. <laughs> I know. Don't don't do that, don't guys. Go to don't Juarez, <laughs> Maybe we do. Need no a disrespect disclaimer. to Juarez. No disrespect to Juarez. <laughs> Listen, uh, you know, the Mexican mob is out there. I love you and I respect your guys' <laughs> establishment. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We appreciate your ears. Yes. <laughs> don't kill me. Yeah, so that'll close it out this time. I know we talked about a shorter episode, but you yeah. know we love talking about everything. So absolutely, thanks for tuning in, guys, and we're excited to have Jen back for our next episode. Yeah, but, and um, get a full cast going. Yeah. In the meantime, though, definitely, definitely, definitely send us emails: broodconvos at gmail dot com. B R E W E D C O N V O S at gmail.com hit us up let us know if you have any memories of you know fourth of july like what are some of your family's traditions let us know yeah we love hearing about all of that and then definitely check us out on instagram and facebook at brood podcast and also twitter at brood combos yes Uh, again we're gonna just keep saying just write in like we really this is a these are conversations we love to hear other people's thoughts on these are meant to bring people together Mm -hmm. and we want to learn about you as much as we want to share our lives and experiences with you yeah and if you don't if if email isn't your lane you know slide into our dms on instagram and facebook you know send us messages there we any, any any and every way you guys want to contact us please do we really are uh itching to hear from you guys and and yeah so so please don't hesitate to to contact us thanks for listening guys and uh we'll brew a cup of coffee with you next time i in the meantime i'm bryce i'm adonis take care bye As you begin to develop and expand your skills and your talents and your vision of yourself, you will always be in control of your destiny. Brood Podcast is recorded in Chandler, Arizona. Our producers are Bryce Gonzalez, Jennifer Montez, and Adonis Ship. Our intro music is Easy, produced by CJ Beats. Our outro music is Destiny, Produced by James Berkeley. Our social media managers are Bryce Gonzalez and Jennifer Montez. Our editor is Adonis Ship.